I think Bomani's first day in in Miami, uh, I believe uh, we got in trouble at the Soho House because I was taking a picture of him just to reveal that uh, Rod Stewart was sitting behind him. <laughs> <laughs> and you're not allowed to take pictures. I think there. I've seen that photo. I've seen that photo. Welcome to Highly Questionable. We're going to put that photo up right on the screen right now. I'm Dan Levitard. That's Izzy Gutierrez, and that's Pablo Torre. Let's get started. Is it good for the Saints that Drew Brees is coming back? This is a crazy question because it would appear that you're going to lose either Taysom Hill, who's 30 years old, or Teddy Bridgewater, who's 27 and undefeated last year. And when you look at the way the last three seasons have ended for the Saints, where basically a bounce has ended their season, it's hard to make an argument against Drew Brees, given that he's the most accurate quarterback ever, and given that he's still excellent, even though he can't summon that excellence as often as he used to. All of that said, I was jarred, guys, by how impotent the Saints offense looked at home last season to end their season against Minnesota. And I wanted to see more from him specifically. I still trust him to throw the most accurate pass. I still trust him to make all of the right decisions. But at his age, it's a dangerous thing to trust a quarterback because the fall can be precipitous. And if his arm strength isn't what it was, defenses will catch up to that the way that the Vikings did in the playoffs. Yeah, but this still seems to be the safest bet for the Saints, right? Because when you talk about traditional quarterbacks, it's either him or Teddy Bridgewater of the three they have from which to decide. And, of course, you're going to take another year of Drew Brees from those two, even though Teddy Bridgewater did what he was supposed to do in his five games because you have Taysom Hill, a guy who the franchise seems to love, a guy who himself believes is a franchise quarterback and is the style of trendy quarterback now, right, where you have Lamar Jackson and Kyler Murray and everybody else out there running the ball all over the place, and he can do that as well. But if you're saying to yourself, okay, we're going to get some Drew Brees, but we're going to get more of Taysom Hill. We're going to get a bit of a Swiss Army knife there, and that takes some of the pressure off of Brees, and his older body won't sort of uh, break down late in the season, and you won't require as much from him. I think this seems to be the the safest bet. And you have Teddy Bridgewater out there. Maybe the Patriots can take him. He's okay being a backup to a great quarterback. Maybe the Patriots can take him and sort of transition past that guy Tom Brady. Yeah, this feels like a goodbye to Teddy Bridgewater and a thank God we don't have to figure out what to do with Taysom Hill as well because that was the weirdest thing about all of this. When Drew Brees was out, they had Taysom Hill throw exactly one pass. They had Teddy Bridgewater throw almost 200. So all of the love that Taysom Hill was getting never really made mathematical sense to anybody, and now the Saints don't actually have to deal with that mathematical exercise. Underneath what you guys were saying was the question that afflicts every 40-year-old quarterback. Are we looking through the mists and the fog, and are we looking at a cliff? Is this a cliff for Drew Brees? And I just caution you, in the way that Tom Brady is the guy managing his body, defying everything by managing diet and pliability and all of that, Drew Brees is also up to some dark arts stuff when it comes to longevity. And so the guy has had three years in a row now where he has led the NFL in accuracy. I am not betting against the guy who just at age 40 had the Top five offense that he had with the Saints last year? Maybe it's not top five this year, but this makes the Saints' life so much easier. Not a small thing either that Taysom Hill has thrown 13 career passes and you can look at that combination of Michael Thomas and Drew Brees and say there is no chemistry in the league like that chemistry. Those two guys, if you take away Drew Brees, does Michael Thomas end up looking the way Michael Thomas has, which is best receiver in the league type of great? And meanwhile, Tom Brady must be wondering to himself, what would my life look like if I had Alvin Kamara and Michael Thomas and all of those weapons on top of Sean Payton? That is the cushion that Drew Brees has. And that is something that the other 40-year-old quarterback we talk all the time about 
He definitely doesn't. Are you guys totally sure that Drew Brees isn't coming back just because Tom Brady is coming back and Drew Brees doesn't want Tom Brady taking any of his records while he can still play and be younger? Oh, that's right. They have the thing where they're going to like break each other's record like every other week in the NFL next year. And we're going to pretend like we actually care about these records, even though none of us know what the numbers are for any of the records. Or even if I asked you right now what those records no, even are. Know. No, I don't know. I don't even know. I don't even know how many digits it is. Is it five, six? <laughs> it's touchdowns. One of them is touchdowns, right? I think, yeah, that's what that's called, a touchdown. Is it fair to conclude that Joe Burrow doesn't want to go to Cincinnati? All right, a very tepid response when asked. He says, if they select me, they select me. And you would understand, as the Cincinnati Bengals are a franchise that we can agree doesn't always try to win. They are, by all accounts, interested in making money. And if winning happens to happen, they'll be okay with that. Also add to it this part of the equation. Carson Palmer has been a very vocal critic of the Bengals when not threatening to quit the Bengals and getting himself traded to Oakland. And his brother, Jordan Palmer, is working as a quarterback coach with with Joe Burrow in a way that would invite all of the skepticism. That tepid response to a question when he could simply say, I'd love to be there and no one would care. When he says, if they select me, they select me. It does mean something. I would watch what's happening there because there are only a couple of franchises in the league that quarterbacks don't want to go to. Detroit is one of them and this is the other. There is no way that Joe Burrow wants to be a Cincinnati Bengal and we know that intuitively because who wants to actually be a Cincinnati Bengal? The next step of the question is, what's he going to do to prevent becoming a Cincinnati Bengal? And one of those steps, by the way, Dan, is hiring Jordan Palmer. So Carson Palmer came out in public and said, the Bengals don't want to win a Super Bowl, which is kind of the greatest indictment of any franchise imaginable in sports. And the next day, per Albert Breer, Joe Burrow hires Jordan Palmer. And then all of the rhetoric around, if they select me, they select me. The whole thing about, I would like to go, number one, but also be taken by a great franchise. That's when all of this stuff crops up. But just examine the phrase. If they select me, they select me. When you are going to conditional hypotheticals in response to a direct question, right? It's never good for the subject of the sentence. If he dies, he dies. If they select me, they select me. Not a good side. Yeah, I think the one thing, and I know a lot of people think highly of him and his football skills, but the one thing we can all agree on on Joe Burrow is that he looks like the television villain in a teen drama. And he should go ahead and embrace that look and become the villain here, too. He's mentioned he's got leverage. Well, you're not going to mention that unless you plan on potentially using said leverage. And the one thing I like about this, because you guys said it all in terms of not really wanting to go to Cincinnati because who would, but the one thing I love about this is it shows an ultimate confidence in Joe Burrow, a guy who, if it wasn't for a Tua injury, wouldn't probably be the number one pick overall. But now he's saying, well, I'm not just thankful for being the number one pick. I'm good enough, and I'm going to decide where I'm going to go and use said leverage. So I kind of like it from him. We'll see if it translates into a great NFL career. You guys realize that if he exerts this power and gets traded the top of three teams in the draft, he's going to have to do it like three times. He's going to have to do it to Cincinnati, to Detroit, and to Washington because nobody wants to play those places. Should Giannis's interview about playing with his brothers scare the Bucks? Giannis says things. Giannis told us before the All-Star game that James Harden doesn't pass, then told us after the All-Star game that all his guys were attacking James Harden on defense. And here he is talking to Sports Plus. Look at what he says. You got one brother with you in Milwaukee, another in L.A. Have you ever thought about what it'd be like having everyone together? I think that would be amazing. Obviously, we spend more time together, and uh, I'm 100% sure my mom would love that. 
But if we could like team up in a team in Milwaukee, LA, whatever, that'd be awesome. Can we go back for a second? I called it Sports Plus, and it's actually Sports Pulse. How would you have known the difference? But I just want to look back at this real quick. Look at the size of this human being's hands. Just never mind what he's saying. Just look at how large his hands are. Like, are you are you bleeping kidding me? Okay, anyways, I'm glad we covered that uh, thoroughly. What the Bucks need to be worried about more than anything is not winning the title. If they don't win the title, and then he has to suffer another offseason that made LeBron James leave Cleveland, where everyone's questioning, hey, can you get it done? That's the only thing they have to worry about here. He's not going to leave them if they win a championship, if they continue to be as overwhelming as they've been this season, and if they continue to improve as much as they have this season. Here's where I'll agree with you in that I don't think he's going to leave them just to play with his brothers next year. But I don't think winning a championship necessarily 100% keeps him there. Why? Because, first of all, you've got to look at the future. He's he's a MVP. He is bigger than Kawhi Leonard was, right? Kawhi Leonard hasn't won an MVP in the league. He went and won a team a championship and left. And I understand he wasn't he didn't ask to go to Toronto, but, heck, Giannis didn't ask to go to Milwaukee either. He was traded there. He could do them a grand favor by winning them a championship and then saying, okay, I'm going to a different franchise where I want to be and where I want to live. So I don't think any of that is off limits, whether it be because of his brothers being in the league or whether it be because he wants to play with a better number two guy than Chris Middleton. Granted, this is a team that could win 70 games and they might be able to just repeat it all next year, but I'm not 100% convinced that this guy is staying in Milwaukee because he's not saying things like, you know, I'm going to stay in Milwaukee regardless. He's saying words like, or whatever. And or whatever is the threat. Like, the idea that there is ambiguity around his plans Even if he plans on staying, there's no reason for him to assure everybody in Milwaukee that actually he's just saying this because he wants the front office to get him more help, and that would be the ceiling on this team. What is the help around him? But it is sort of time for us to say, maybe Giannis isn't that adorable foreign exchange student that was just saying things innocently as opposed to saying things cunningly. Because at the very least, whether it's trying to get himself more help in Milwaukee, or whether it's actually contemplating Los Angeles as a destination, or whether it's just him being like an awesome older brother, maybe he has an agenda here. Like, he has three other brothers. One of them, Thanasis, is already on the Bucks. He's a second rounder. I will leave you to wonder how is it that a second rounder wound up with Giannis on the Bucks. The other guy, Costas, is another second rounder. Where is he? He's in Los Angeles. I ask you again, why would the Lakers be interested in this otherwise anonymous Greek kid as a second rounder? And he's another fourth brother named Alex who is going to be a draft pick in 2021. And maybe this is just Giannis saying to an NBA team, give my brother a job and you will be better off for it. You guys know what's going to happen here, right? You're going to get the Knicks trading for two of the brothers, (laughs) drafting the third brother, and then Giannis is going to go to Miami. Oh, that's so real. Brooklyn. <laughs> Coming up next on my son Stevie show. Fellas, I'm sick and tired of it. Straight up. I can't take it no more. And I got to say something about it. How hard is it? <laughs> Where do you park this thing when you get to work, man? <laughs> I'm not sure if I can fly this thing to work. No. That is so much easier than a, a morning commute right there. Time to play the game that isn't actually sure Dan really needs those glasses. Do you question? <laughs> this is a question that a lot of people have. Do you think it's because it's thinning on my face because it doesn't appear to be working? <laughs> you give us topics and events, we question them. 
Do you question whether this is an issue worth raising? Okay, so Deion Sanders has posted a video here. Let's see if this is an issue worth raising. Fellas, I'm sick and tired of it. Straight up. I can't take it no more. And I got to say something about it. How hard is it to hit water in the toilets (laughs) at a public restroom? (laughs) So now I got to go in there. And I got to make a decision. Either I get some tissue or something and lift the seat up that you impede all on. Or when I walk out and the next gentleman come in, he going to think it's me. So I got to take care of you. And I don't even know you like that. (laughs) How hard is it to hit water? Man, do the split. If you ain't close enough, do the split and get closer to the water. <laughs> How hard is it? This is Pet P, man. Fellas, we got to do better. Truth. <laughs> I mean, we do, fellas. Fellas, we have to do better. Yeah, I just want to say, let he without sin cast the first stone here because all of us have hit the seat. You may think that you are the Drew Brees of urinating, but you're hitting seat. You guys have all hit seat at some point in the last month. And if you haven't hit seat, you're lying to yourself. I mean, I do think we have to do better. I'm just intrigued by this idea of the splits over a toilet. Like, has anybody ever done that? Can we get, like, some sort of legal camera footage of somebody doing that to see what that would look like? Because I've never seen somebody go to those efforts. No. How about Izzy out here calling for video of somebody split squatting over <laughs> over a toilet while both of your feet are going to be in the adjacent stalls bothering those people who didn't ask How for your company? How else are going to see an example of it? Pablo, I'm being told by the helpful producers there was one time in your life where it would have been impossible to urinate on your toilet seat. Can you please explain yourself? It is a lot harder to install a toilet seat than you guys may think. I don't know if you've ever done it, but I tried to do it and it was the different model. Like I had an outdated toilet. I went to Home Depot, got a toilet seat. It was red, it did not fit. And I just sort of sat it on top for a while and then I gave up. And then I developed really strong calf muscles because I went without a toilet seat for about nine months. Do you question if this is how we'll all be getting to work soon? Oh, let's see where this takes us right here. Is this going to be something that gets us aerodynamic? Is this something that was in China that involves flying off of a bridge over water? What is this? Oh, it is that. It is that. Spoilers. Yes. yes. I Sorry, I ruined it. I totally ruined it by guessing right. You guessed did I? exactly right. <laughs> where do you park this thing when you get to work, man? <laughs> I'm not sure if I can fly this thing to work, no. (laughs) That is so much easier than a a morning commute right there. You guys, do you guys not have any questions? We see him go very fast. We see him go very high. What we don't see is how this stops or the dismount. We we just see see him float off. Oh, my God. Is he going to space? I feel like this is a big improvement over previous jetpack technology, though. Do you remember the last time we saw this kind of thing? It was like a guy shooting water out through the bottom of a jetpack, and he floated her up. Yes, thank you. He couldn't even make it to his DJ booth. <laughs> you were supposed to make it across an entire body of water. Uh, he was on the ones and twos and then on all fours. <laughs>
highly questionable is broadcast from the Clevelander Hotel on beautiful South Beach, Miami. It's time to play the game that doesn't wash below the knee and just kind of hopes the soap trickles down. See? <laughs> See? Oh, no. Uh, tell us what is on television. How am I the one always getting that wrong? We'll tell you whether we're intrigued or not. Tonight on ESPN2, number one Baylor at Oklahoma. Baylor has won 22 straight in the college basketball season where a lot of number ones have fallen, and we don't really know who's exceptional. Let's see if Baylor shows us something exceptional here. Meyer spins away from here. Matthew Meyer. Timeout, West Virginia. I underestimated Matthew Meyer. It was the hair and only the hair that made me do that. Izzy, are you intrigued? I mean, I said last week that that Duke-North Carolina finish with the overtime and the big-time buckets at the buzzer was good for college basketball, would make people want to watch. I lied. I'm not interested in this game. I'm wow. Not, I'm sorry. Okay, a liar. What a terrible admission. Uh, Pablo, are you intrigued? <laughs> I am intrigued because there was a little bit of, like, Jordan on the baseline to that gentleman that I've never seen before, so shout out to him. And also, I've admittedly watched more, like, high school basketball Instagram clips than I have actual college basketball, and I plan to remedy that. I'm, I'm definitely not lying. Uh, I think you are. I think, I think we've got two liars. I think we've got two of them. Come on home, Says Pablo. C. On that Geo, Brain Games. Okay, we've got Mark Cuban involved in brain games. He was playing a bit of a brain game when he told baseball, hey, you've got a real mess on your hands. I'm thankful you guys didn't sell me Uh a team. Let's see what we have here. Just try to teach Mark Cuban how to memorize this random pattern of 36 cards held up by our audience. Now it's time to see if Mark's brain is up to the challenge. So what do you think, Mark? Have you got this? I think so. Okay, let's find out. When you're ready, please turn around. Okay. And repeat back. The sequence. Starting in the top left corner. First one is blue, white, white, three whites, white, blue, and then white. That's the first line. First line. First line. Got it. First one is white, blue, white, um, three whites, and blue, white, white. Second line. Correct. And then white, blue, blue. E um, is white, white, blue. A is three whites. And then the next line is first two, um, blue, blue, white, blue, white, white. Example, white, white, blue. There you go. There you go. There you go. You nailed it. Nelson, I think you just made Mark Cuban smarter, which is impossible. (laughs) I don't know how he did that. Can either of you guys offer me any insight? Pablo, are you intrigued? I am not intrigued. I think he did it by building like a memory palace or constructing a series of mnemonic devices, which apparently is a thing via the Internet that I've come to appreciate is real and actionable. But at the same time, I've always wanted to tell Mark Cuban, for that reason, I'm out. And so for that reason, (laughs) I'm out. Okay, there you go. Izzy, how about you? Are you intrigued? I don't know. I'm a little skeptical. He seemed to be looking straight at something or someone, perhaps Jose Altuve. Nobody really knows. I just believe that maybe it's not 100% honest here. No. You're the only one who's admitted to lying around here today. I know, and at least I admitted it. 
That's all the time we have for today. Pablo Torre, you can catch him 4 p.m. Eastern on high noon. Don't do that thing that you do. Uh, okay, too late. Uh, Izzy, you can catch him. NBA sidelines near you. Thank you for watching. You're going to bring back the wink. There oh, better be sounds for each of these. There yeah, better be I want sound, 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 s